Welcome to I'm Game with Fred Croner. Today I'm talking with Garrett Risley, the girls basketball coach at Muhammad Seymour High School, second year uh, as the head coach. And uh, boy, they're just taking down school records and uh, making history left and right. Uh, uh, after winning a regional championship, 28 and four, uh, which is a record for wins. The previous record was 25 and uh, a nice winning streak of late in the season, uh, 13 in a row after the regional. Garrett, first of all, talk a little bit. Every coach wants their team to be playing the best down the stretch. So well, what did you do to uh, to get things uh, worked out that way? Because like I say, 13 wins in a row to uh, 11 in the regular season and two more in the regional. Uh, hey, Fred. First off, thanks for having me on and the exposure for our girls. Uh, in terms of playing best down the stretch, I'd say at the beginning of the year, we knew that the team had potential, but um, we also know that potential is a dirty word. So the girls just living up to the potential and being coachable and coming to practice. I think we talked about um, if you're able to consistently practice, then you'll consistently perform well. So they're kind of seeing the fruits of their labor a little bit right now. Well, in fact, that's one thing I wanted to ask because uh, it, it was clear going into the season, there was a lot of potential on this team and that can be said for a lot of teams in a lot of years and they, they don't maximize that. So what, what have you done? What has the staff done to kind of help bring out that potential this year? Um, I think that it's mostly just been the girls realizing that potential and um, and making it happen a little bit. You can talk the talk, but are you going to walk the walk? And they've allowed themselves to be coachable. I think that our staff, myself, we've all said things that all coaches are going to say. So it's really up to the athletes on whether or not they want to um, live up to it. So that's probably been what I've been most pleased with is them just knowing that they're good, but also knowing that they haven't met their ceiling and they still haven't and just kind of taking every game as a, as it is and just wanting to get better and improve every game and not being satisfied. So, so in other words, a hardworking group. I mean, that, that's one of the things yeah. you do to, to improve throughout the season is you can continue to, to work hard and not be satisfied where you are, right? A hundred percent. Yeah. It's all of them. They've, they've worked hard. They hold each other accountable. And that that's probably been one of the bigger things is that I haven't always had to be on them. I know that um, they can get tired of my voice or other coaches voices so just them holding each other accountable and having good leaders within the team has has gone a long way for them. Well, even though you, you felt coming into the season, there was a lot of potential. I mean, would you have even dreamed back then a 28 win season, uh, breaking the school record by three and and just I mean, really, and you look at it 28 and four. And really, you've only lost to two teams because you lost to Taylorville and you lost to Mattoon three times. So and then you avenge the Taylorville loss. So, I mean, really, it's been a, a consistent season. Uh, would you have envisioned that kind of success uh, back when you were getting going in early November? Um, great question. I think that it went from um, before the season, we knew that we could be good. Okay. And then you get an addition like an Ivy Juarez and it goes from, you could be good to, you have to be good. Like, and if you're not, then you're doing something wrong. And even though, even with that in mind, um, no, like 28 wins this year with the team, you, uh, you expect there to be more bumps, and there have been bumps, maybe not necessarily in the terms of losses, but you just know that it's a grind throughout the season. You're, you're dealing with high schoolers and a lot of personalities, and um, you just know that there's going to be trials, and I didn't expect the girls to handle those trials so well and to really come together as a team in the midst of those hardships. It's really just a testament to them. So that's where I thought, you know, we're going to lose a couple games because of all the things that you can't plan for, but when those things came, that's when the girls just got closer and got better. Well, and you mentioned the transfer of Ivy Juarez uh, before the season started. In fact, after the, the school year had started, I think 
she came in what around the end of the first quarter or early second quarter. I don't know exactly when, but but well, here's what I want to ask you about that because you know I've been around athletics long enough, and you know people kind of have in their mindset, you know who's going to play and what's going to happen and, and expectations for the year, and then all of a sudden you get this girl transfer in. I'm sure it was clear from the first or second practice she was going to be in the lineup somewhere. So I mean. How did that, you know, how were you able to avoid, you know, the, the friction and some of the animosity that can come with something like that because other players are going to have uh, reduced roles? Yeah, you're 100% right. And that was kind of my reaction was, this is awesome, right? Like that we're getting this. And then it's, well, how are the girls going to react? Um, and, I, and I've said this a couple of times, just in people asking a similar question, uh, liking Ivy, that was something that was just, she didn't allow you to feel any other way about her. She came in very quiet leader, um, but vocal on the court just because she knows basketball. And she just, she didn't give you anything to say, yeah, well, I like her, but it was only positives. And um, we've got a mature group of girls that just fell in love with her and kind of wrapped our arms around her. We knew that um, Ivy was here and she wanted to play basketball and that's it. And um, it was, it was a pretty seamless transition to say the least, which is bigger than girls. But like I said, Ivy um, made it easy on them as well to like her. And I imagine after about two or three weeks, she had to be feeling pretty good about the situation because two or three weeks after she gets here, she's voted a team captain. And I mean, that's in my mind, that that's one of the most amazing parts of, of the season is how someone can transfer in and then have that kind of an impact so quickly that her teammates elect her as a captain for the season. Yeah, it's it's a testament to Ivy that she just loved the girls and she didn't come in with too big a chip on her shoulder. She just wanted to be a part of what we were doing and she wanted to be included. And she did, she did it the right way. It wasn't a look at me. I'm, you know, Ivy Juarez, 5'9", from community. It was, she went about it basically the exact opposite. And she was endearing to all the girls right away. Well, you, you mentioned her height. And that was the next question I wanted to ask you about. Because in terms of girls basketball anymore, you don't really have a lot of height on the team. You have one player taller than 5'9", that's Savannah Orger at 5'11". Uh, so obviously you, you had to rely on things other than uh, ju just the ability to, uh, you know, to muscle around inside, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah. We've, we've done a couple different things. We kind of rely on what we don't have in height. We make up for with speed and um, the girls really take the weight room um, seriously. And I think that's where we get our edge a little bit. And, you know, we talk a lot about like, you can be six foot or five foot. If you're not going to box out, it doesn't really matter. So just the kind of no excuses attitude. And when you get the ball in there, we want you to have the ball in the paint, so just be strong with it. So that's not something we've really talked about a lot is, is lacking height because they have another piece, enough pieces in, in basketball IQ, et cetera, et cetera, to make up for those things. Now, how much do you guys lift during the season? Do you, do you cut back some? <laughs> um, two days a week, two days a week. And that, and we stopped uh, once the postseason got here, but we lift through the season. I think you can get caught up saying, oh, well, it's the day before a big game. We'll take it off. But if you start taking days off then all you're doing is not lifting. So we, we make it a point to lift two days a week and uh, not necessarily to gain in mass or muscle, but to maintain what we did in the off season. So since you mentioned the weightlifting, I have to ask the, the obvious question. Uh, what was it like for you uh, teaching and coaching in the school and, and sending kids to the weight room that's uh, named for your dad, Jim Wesley, Risley weight room? <laughs> uh, I love it. I love it. He actually comes in and runs our program. So it's nice that the girls they have, um, they get to get away from me for a little bit. And um, obviously he loves the coach. So he gets to get some like some experience with them. And my favorite thing is that no lift is the same, right? He, he loves novelty within the weight room. And I think the girls love it as well. And he takes 
as much pride in the weight room as all of our coaches do on the court. So it's almost like they're doing two sports. And if there's girls that maybe don't have success on the court as much as others, maybe they're lacking playing time, they can find success within the weight room. So, you know, um, the, the whole practice might not have gone their way, but they get a fresh start with him when they go to the weight room and it's just something positive comes out of it. So last year, your, your first year as a head coach, it was uh, obviously an odd season. I mean, the, the season happened at a different time, a very abbreviated schedule. I think you, you had 16 games, eight and eight record. Um, you can look at that. And, and last year, you really didn't have a bunch of seniors. In fact, I went back and totaled up. I think the seniors from last year's team scored a total of 43 points. So basically, you had like 95, 98% of your, your offense back this year. But there's a couple ways to look at that. You can say, well, last year they were eight and eight but you got everybody back and had experience. So how, how valuable was last year, uh, even though it was such a, an abbreviated season in terms of what's happening now? Yeah, last year's group and last year's seniors, we knew like there's no postseason. There's, um, you know, after the first like five or six games, we knew, okay, we might not have a shot at conference. It's like, so what do we want out of this year? And even going into the season, we knew we wanted to focus on just what we do this year, it's going to echo for years to come, right? And you have to establish your program the hard way. And the girls, what they allowed themselves to do was just take everything on the run. It was, I think I said it last year at one point, it was usually you um, you start from the ground up and you build things along the way, but we kind of gave them the skeleton, like, okay, here's all the things that we're going to do. And we tried to say, okay, now go do it. And then as the season went on, we tried to fill it in and make it, you know, actually substantial and worth doing. So the girls just having a little bit of patience with us as the coaches and then allowing us to be a part of their lives. I mean, Coach Seal had been there for a long time and those coaches that he'd had with them were fantastic and they built awesome relationships and some of the coaches still come back to watch the girls. So just the girls allowing themselves to be a little vulnerable and get to know us was huge for us and we'll be forever grateful for them just allowing us to kind of be a part of what they were already starting to do. Talk a little bit, if you would, about the, the staff that you have this year, uh, who they are, sure. what some of their duties are. Sure. So with me at the varsity level, I have Jesse Hurlis. Um, she's an assistant. This is her first year. And then Jennifer Soderlin, this is her second year. Um, and I think Jennifer, she's known uh, throughout Muhammad pretty well, um, from my understanding. And she's done a lot for our girls, um, just as far as personality, energy, high basically anything you can think of that matters as far as developing young people, she's done it. And then um, Jesse Hurlis, like I said, this is her first year. She's um, played at the college level, played at Parkland. And then um, she played, I can't remember off the top of my head, the second place that she went to. Um, she has some head coaching experience at Centennial as well. So she does a great job as far as connecting the girls as like, I've done this. I've been a player. I was a coach. She knows the X's and O's and is really good as well with the relationship piece. And then at the, JV level, there's Cameron Zindars, and at the freshman level is Billy Dallas. And all what they've been able to do for the program has been, coach, what do you want? And we'll do it. Um, whatever helps you at the varsity level, we'll do it at the freshman, sophomore level. And sometimes that means we have a couple less losses because we're not doing gimmicky things at the freshman, sophomore level that might give us some wins, but we know it's going to pay dividends for you at the varsity level. And I couldn't ask for a better staff up and down. Through, through all of them. And then it's just been a growing experience for all of us. Like there's situations that occurred this year that we'd never been uh, through together. And there'll be situations every year that are new to us, but um, I've, I've been really happy with how they've handled themselves and uh, super fortunate to have them on staff. 
You know, what you mentioned about uh, doing the, the same thing at the freshman and sophomore levels, that kind of reminds me of what Lincoln High School has done for years and years uh, back in their in their kids club. You know, when they start the kids in fourth and fifth grade, you know, they put the ball press on at, at that age. And so by the time those kids get into high school, they, they are just so familiar with it. And that's obviously an advantage when you're, you know, you can do something for four or five years before you get up to the varsity. So, I mean, I would think that's the type of thing that will really pay even more dividends down the road for you, won't it? Yeah, it, you, you said it best there. And, um, you know, we've kind of stolen the approach that the boys do as well. And they've been able to, um, on the boys' side and now our side as well, at the seventh and eighth grade levels, everyone's on the same page. So Maggie Franklin, she was on our staff at the high school level last year. And then our seventh grade position uh, became vacant. So then she filled in at the seventh grade level and Jimmy Lanfears at the eighth grade. And both of them have been 100% open books, like, hey, what do you want? So very similar to the freshman and sophomore level. Um, I couldn't have asked for it to be like a less seamless transition. It's been fantastic. And I, I'm happy that they've had success at the seventh and eighth grade levels as well, because, um, you know, I could ask you to do all these things. And then if it doesn't work out, it's like, Hey, like we were doing pretty good before you were here. Like now what's going on. So I've been grateful that they've uh, been kind of an open book and reiterated the things that we're doing at the high school. And then I mentioned that Billy Dallas is with us at the freshman level, but she's also huge, like with our, our youth programs. So She's even been able to talk with some of the youth programs and not necessarily like, hey, like you need to run our offense or defense, but she's been able to give them feedback and having her with those kids at the youth levels, they see her, you know, then at the junior high games sometimes and then at the high school and just having a consistent face for them to kind of follow throughout the program. Um, her influence on our program has been huge for us. Get back a little bit to, to this year's team. What were some of the strengths of the team? You, you mentioned earlier that you have to rely on the and quickness but beyond that uh, I know you have some pretty good uh, perimeter shooters as well yeah I'd say our biggest strength is that we're not like a one-trick pony I think that if you were going to scout us you there you if you watch one game you might say oh they're guard play like you have to shut down the three and then if you watched another game you'd say well they're posts like they handle the ball well they pass well the post we got to take away their post play so um I think our biggest luxury is we don't have to do it one way and there's always a counter to what we're doing um, if a team tries to take something away, we can go to option two, three, et cetera. And you've got some players on the bench that can come in and, and really give you some quality minutes as well, don't you? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, if you would talk a little bit, we, we've talked obviously about Ivy and, and her impact. Talk about some of the other kids, because I know, for example, Kayla Corner has just really had a very consistent season. I mean, I think at one point she led you in scoring like 10 or 11 games in a row and um, you know, she's the type of player that she can get you 25, 30 about any given night, can't she? Yeah. So when you think of Kayla and Muhammad, you probably, your first thought's going to be soccer, but um, she's just a competitor. She's an athlete. No matter what she does, she wants to, she wants to be the best. So just that mentality alone is huge for any team that she's a part of. You know, if I coached, you know, ping pong, I, I'd be like, hey, Kayla, you need to figure out how to play ping pong. You'll make our ping pong team better. So She's, she's been great from that aspect. And I can go up and down the line on the girls. Like what I appreciate with all of them is they, they know their role and they do it and they don't expect anything else. Like, you know, Durbin, Durbin Thomas and Abby Bunting, they're not going to be necessarily like recognized for huge scoring nights, but they know their role and they know that if they're able to do their role, we're going to win ball games. Right. And then like you'd mentioned, like Savannah coming off the bench, being able to score at both levels is huge. Uh, Nicole Taylor, just, with the grit, loose balls, diving on the floor. So it's 
everyone's found their place. And then all the girls like that maybe don't get as much minutes, like just the support that they've given. And um, our mantra this year has kind of been the we over me. And the fact that they've all grown closer throughout the year, instead of everyone kind of wanting theirs, looking out for number one, um, has been just as big for the team's success as anything else. How nice of a reward was it late in the season to, to finally see your name in the state rankings? I, I know, you know, you've gotten some votes before, but finally broke into the top 10. I think it was actually the very last poll of, of the season they put out. So uh, a, a nice reward for what the girls have accomplished, wasn't it? Yeah, it was nice to see it in there just for them. And with like the state rankings, the record, the the regional, whatever accolades they get, it's nice and just in that um, it shows them like if you go out and do something the right way, like it'll pay off. And which is hard to kind of hard to see at the beginning of the year when you preach that. Right. But now, like for teams to come, we can say, OK, like we've done it before. Like we know the formula. You just kind of have to buy in. That, that'll be the biggest thing and for this group alone. It's just nice to for them to be the first to do it and to be able to look back and be proud of that for them. You had mentioned earlier about, uh, you know, kind of a little bit of a transition earlier in the year when you were kind of getting your lineup and said everything. As you would look back, what would you say have been maybe one or two keys for everything really falling into place as well as it has for the season? I'd say the biggest keys for everything falling into place just been the girls' attitude. Um, that's been number one and them just knowing that like we talked earlier about like the potential and them just almost not wanting to get in the way of it and not being selfish. I think that basketball lends itself to the look at me, like you're going to see online, everyone's going to post their own highlight reel and whatever to each their own, but just being able to get them out of that mindset, like forget about like your personal accolades and buy into just being a part of this team. Like you, this has the chance to be a great team if you let it be, if you just get out of your way and not worry about yourself. And um, it's don't worry about you as much as you do someone else, because then someone else can worry about you later on. I'm going to talk a little bit about you before we close today. Back when you were in high school, did you see yourself as a future teacher and coach or, or what kind of path and, and direction were you thinking at that time? I don't think that I necessarily like as I was playing sports was like, yeah, I want to be a coach, but all of my role models were coaches. I was naturally grew up around coaches, just around my dad and, and things like that. And always grew up with the utmost respect for them. So then kind of as you go to college and things like that, and you have to come up with a career path. I was like, it just made too much sense not to. I knew I wanted to get into education and special ed. And then um, I think coach Benedict asked me along the way, if I'd be interested in coming on staff uh, with them. And he, was someone that going throughout uh, my playing career I had the utmost respect for. So um, I knew I wanted, like I, I was thinking about it, but it was probably at that point more so like I never tell Coach Benedict no to anything. So that that got me in the door. And then after that, just fell in love with it. And of course, you know, the timing is one thing that you, you can't control. Uh, I was thinking back, you know, Nathan Seal was there for, I don't know, 18, 20 years. So, you know, if you'd been an assistant coach his first year there, you would have had to wait a long time to become a head coach, but yet, what, by the time you came in, I mean, he was ready to, to take another position and, and move down to Arthur. Did, did you feel like that timing was good for you at that point to be a head coach? Or do you feel like maybe you could have benefited if you'd had another year or two kind of to, you know, be behind the scenes and so on and so forth? Um, I think both. I think that I definitely would have benefited from um, learning from Coach Bosch. As long as I was would have been an assistant under him and his staff, I would have learned more and more every year. But I also thought like, 
you have to take your opportunities when they're there. There's never going to be a perfect time. So either do it or, you know, or don't. So I've kind of always had that attitude is if there's an opportunity, you have to take it. And if you don't, then uh, you can't complain if it's not there later on. All right. Well, Garrett, I have pretty well covered my questions. Is there anything else you would like to add before I let you go today? Uh, there's nothing off the top of my head that I can give you, Fred. Hopefully um, we have more positive things to talk about later on. All right. Well, it's certainly been a memorable season. Uh, like I say, a school record for wins and, and really blew that out of the water. I mean, 25 was a previous record up to 28 uh, uh, after the regional this year. So uh, a lot of great accomplishments. So we've been talking today to, to Garrett Risley, the second year girls basketball head coach at Muhammad Seymour High School. Garrett, thank you very much for your time. Thanks for having me, Fred. Appreciate the expo exposure for the girls.